It's the Talking Games Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 94 of the Talking Games Podcast. Me, host, and Major. We're going to talk about all these games that have been coming out over the past week. Uh, welcome to Bam Bam. How you doing, bud? Doing good, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's been quite a while since I've been on a on a on an episode, man. You know, it feels good to be back with the major, missing Callum, missing Chloe. Yeah, they they were. Uh, I'm I'm not going to go into their personal lives, but they are uh, right. uh, not available this week, unfortunately. I have missed the last week and a bit for podcast. It's mainly because I've been ill and there's been no one else to do it. Um, but that's the reason why. Don't forget to check out the website gamesinquirer.com. Uh, I'm going to be uploading a couple of videos this weekend. I know I was meant to do it two weeks ago, but health-wise, I haven't been in the best shape, uh, which is why uh, that they haven't been uploaded. I am going to be putting up my uh, first half of the walkthrough of Hogwarts Legacy. I have got a couple more uh, to upload this week as well. Uh, you can find us on the socials. Please give us a follow. Uh, Games Inquirer, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Twitter is being a pain in the We're now getting less than 50 people seeing our posts. We are essentially being shadow banned by Twitter, which uh, is extremely annoying. But if you uh, go check out the, the Twitter and the Facebook and Instagram feeds, you'll see exactly what we're posting. Or sign up on the website, gamesinquirer.com. Uh, you can be able to find all of our posts and they get sent straight to your email. Uh, this week has been interesting, Bab. This week has been extremely interesting for games. We've had Wild Hearts, uh, which dropped. The well, reviews have come in, been coming out lately, but... People are saying it's a lot. They're basically trying to rip off Monster Hunter with this EA game. And I don't know quite how to feel. It looks nice. It looks better than Monster Hunter does. But as far as mechanics go, people are saying it's exactly the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've been looking at that game. And, like, it does look better than Monster Hunter Rise, which is a Switch port, which came to PS5 and Xbox Series X back in January. Yeah. But if you, if you compare that game to Monster Hunter World, like, every time I look at Wild Hearts, it looks like Monster Hunter. Like, it looks like it could be Monster Hunter, but it looks like it's, it's lacking everything that makes Monster Hunter look cool. Like, the armor sets, the crazy weapons that you get from grinding out, from killing different monsters, like Dragon Teeth. Yeah. Every, everything about Wild Hearts just screams to me, like, do it yourself. Like, yeah. they were so desperate for an idea, and then Monster Hunter was in the news for some reason. They thought, that's what we'll do. We'll rip that off. Do that ourselves. That's what, that's what it looks like to me. Right. And I'm, this studio, I'm, this this studio that EA got to make this game, they made they had another Monster Hunter clone. Well, like they had another game that came out a while back, and I just I can't put my finger on the name of it. I think it starts with like an S or something. But but this isn't their first game, like their first little Monster Hunter type type of game. It's kind of like God Eater Three that came out, you know, before. Um, but I don't know, man. Like most of these Monster Hunter type type of games or these monster hunting games. I don't know. I feel like they all fall short of what Monster Hunter provides to like that main fan base. But this game sounds like it's been getting received well. Like it's been received critically well with a with what an eighty on Metacritic. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that to be honest. Now, I've seen reviews from a lot of big publishing big outlets that have given it for like two and a half and threes. It's basically yeah. five and six out of ten. So that. The, the reviews are kind of all over the place as far as how good this game actually is. There's a lot of people saying it's crap. There's a lot of people saying they enjoy it. Right. I'm still worried that EA has basically now run out of our, run out of ideas that they don't know what to do. So they're basically just rehashing games that are either already out there or they've already done and and 
trying to basically push it. It's, it's yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of Wild Hearts. I saw the trailers. I said, yeah, so it looks okay. It's not, it's, it's not going to be a big game, but it's something for until we get into March and April, and then the, the bigger games start releasing towards the summer. But I, I, I'm just not feeling it. And from what I've seen, I'm not interested in the slightest. I know we're going to try and get a review copy, although EA isn't exactly the greatest for responding for him. <laughs> right. Uh, they don't always reply. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not that too much interested in it. I have played Wanted Dead. I know you and me have very different opinions. Oh, yeah. That. I just finished that up uh, a couple nights ago. I finally finished that up. Yeah, I'm, I'm about halfway through, but I'm stuck. And I was like, what I can't move any further. So I more of you off. Huh? What part of the game did you get stuck at? Uh, I've it's there's there's a bit somewhere in the middle where you're basically just getting swarmed by those really quick ninjas. Mm. I keep getting cut to pieces and I can't block quick enough. It's so unforgiving that combat. Oh yeah, it's so hard. I know there's an easy cheat that you basically unlock easy mode. But it's yeah, but then it so puts these hard. cat ears. Yeah, but like if you put that that easy code cheat code in. It's called it's called Nico Chan, which it like translates to little cat in Japanese. Yeah. yeah. And then like, and that's like a joke on like the player like already. So it's like they're calling you like a little p word already. Yeah. And then like as you play, anytime you record like uh, gameplay or like like so like let's say you record footage for like your review. In your review, everybody will know that you played the game on easy mode because they stick cat ears on top of your head. So that just made me. <laughs> I was like, I'm not putting this T code in, bro. I'm not doing it. So I I, I love One Ten Industries. They're they're clever. I know these people saying it looks like crap, and yes, right. they, all the characters have like arms and their wrists and their elbows and everything look like they're on ball joints. I get that, but it's meant to look that way. That is the point. It's a retro game that. Is is paying homage to PS2 era graphics and gameplay mechanics and why? Mm-hmm. And it's literally a PS2 game. If right. you go back and say all oh, the dialogues, like there's so many cliches and the dialogues cheesy. If you played any slasher game, even Metal Gear Solid for that matter, yeah, everything was cheesy back in the day. Were cheesy and full of cliches. Yeah. It's exactly this. They've remade a PS2 game, but it's been so long. Since we've had a game that type, people have forgotten mm-hmm. what those and games. And I was telling are. people, I was telling people on Twitter because I made a post and like the post kind of went viral. Mm-hmm. And I titled it. I said I play games. I don't play reviews, right? Because as you know, that game was received or like it was basically shitted on by by you know by the people who like reviewed the game. Because right now I think it's sitting at like a fifty-eight on Metacritic. Yeah. Right, and that's not that's not really the best score. You know, but when I played the game, the gameplay is, is phenomenal. Yeah, like the the voice acting and the graphics could be better, but I play games. I don't I don't play story or you know or like stories. Like when I played this game, I actually liked playing the game because you know it's about seven eight hours. It's a pretty short game, and with all the games that's that's coming out or the games that have been coming out. Sometimes I feel like it's good, that, you know, you know, just to cleanse your palate of like these super long games. Like for example, just played One Piece Odyssey. That's a super long RPG. Yes. Hogwarts just just released. That's about 30, 40 hours. And then next Friday, I'm buying Octopath Traveler 2, which is going to be another 100 to 200 hour experience. So yep. whenever you get little, and, and we've those had things, uh, Ishin as well, like a Dragon Ishin is out today. Exactly. Yo, you see, Major, and that's what I'm saying is like I feel like people forgot to actually play games for what they are and enjoy games for what they are. 
versus yeah. what they've become, which people nowadays expect everything to be this triple A banger that Sony puts out, this super huge God Award story narrative driven game. That's all people want. And yeah. that's so, 70 rolling. plus hour games. I don't like 70 plus hour games. I get bored. Yeah. Now, I, I will say we've wanted dead. I got a review copy quite early. We got a press kit from 110 as a thank you for doing the interview and all the coverage we've given them over the last six months. Super nice. One of the nicest group of people I have ever met in this industry. Some of the nicest, kindest, most passionate people, any developer I've ever met. And I absolutely mm-hmm. love that studio. And I did get some flack, people saying that my review was biased because we've got a very public... Uh, affinity with the studio we were very friendly with the studio that is not the case the reason we rate that game so well a four out of five and eight out of ten is because i remember games of that genre i remember ps2 era games right it's exactly the length it needs to be it's designed the way it's supposed to be they design that in that way on purpose yes there is some kind of there is some optimization issues that need to be addressed there is a patch coming next week for that. I will say Wanted Dead, as far as combat goes, is some of the best combat animation work I've ever seen in a video game in my 30 plus years of playing video games. Oh yeah. And I guess, but like this goes into what to like like to what I always say or like what I tell Chloe, you know, during during like the show or during the podcast, is that the bigger gaming gets, I feel like the more and more people like me, you, and Callum, the people who've been gaming since we were five, six years old, since, you know, since the beginning almost of when gaming actually started to get popular because back in the day, people looked at people who played video games as just people who just lived in the basement. Like, you was like, uh, it's like you used to be an outcast if you told people that, like, you play video games. And with the resurgence or with the popularity or the rise of popularity, with, with, you know, with how big gaming is getting, it's like every day there's a new casual who, who runs out or who looks at a TikTok video and then they decide they get a PS5. And now they expect every game to be a God of War, a Last of Us, a, like an Uncharted or Horizon Forbidden West. When there's way more games in the world, there's thousands of games that people sleep on or that people choose to just not play because it's not what they, you know, everybody expects games to be like God of War or be these types of games that Sony make. And I, I just don't like that, but I feel like the more and more popular the gaming, the gaming becomes, it's just, you know, like these types of games are going to fall to the wayside one day. Yeah. And I, 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 it's a game that, that's, that's taking up time between the next big 70 plus hour game. We've just right. had Hogwarts Legacy. Myself included, most people have come now completed that game. They mm. need something else to fill that time and Wanted Dead is it. It is extremely unforgiving. It's extremely punishing. I'm not going to say it's like Sifu, but. It's a game that's worth a play. If you want, if you enjoy combat, if you want to see some of the best finisher animations in a video game period ever, this is it. Wanted Dead has some of the best finishers I have ever seen. They've also got mini games included in there as well. They're dotted throughout. Yes, the dialogue is cheesy and ridiculous, and the story occasionally doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> but it's a game that's worth playing strictly even just for the gameplay. If you want to have a laugh and a giggle at how bad it is and how cheesy <laughs> it is, then you've got that as well. But it's it's anime styled. It's it's trying to be it's as gory as you possibly want. Like you can cut people's legs and arms off, and they'll still keep fighting. But you can oh, yeah. like cut them at the waist and 
you even your character will almost lose an arm. I had one point had my arm was almost hanging off whilst I was running Jeez. around. You could see through the bone. It was disgusting. It's gory as hell. It's anime. It's Hong Kong. It's cyberpunk. It's everything. Like it's it's the perfect mesh of video game mechanics and pop culture that everybody loves. All like in multiple different mediums, all crammed into one game. Yes, it's cheesy. Yes, the dialogue makes no sense. Story makes no sense. The graphics are PS2 era. It's designed that way in particular. It's designed that way on purpose. Give it a shot. Please stop slagging them off. Do not attack the developers for this because I have seen those comments. They right. have, the game is made that way on purpose and it deserves a shot. Did if you, you look something to play, give it give it a play. Did you see, just, just before we move on, I, I want to touch on something like you just said about people attacking the developers. Yeah, there was a guy. There's a guy on Twitter. His name is Cliffo. He's not really big at all. He has like two thousand followers, but he yeah. made a tweet, and like the and like the tweet itself didn't go viral, but more of the one that did Twitter page. So he basically did like one of those rage YouTube videos, you know, to when he just he just craps on the game. The guy didn't finish the game. He probably didn't even get halfway through the game because all of his footage is captured on like the first stage. But yeah. he basically did this whole rage out video, you know, basically telling people not to buy the game and that the game's crap. Yeah. You know, you know, like the normal stuff. And then the one at Dead page commented and they were like, Well, maybe we should have made the game sixty nine ninety nine and that dude lost his mind. Yo, it was just <laughs> hilarious and just how savage the one at Dead Twitter page is. I'm like, yeah, yeah like that's, I, sure, that's sure. hilarious. I have seen a lot of these posts. I have read some of the reviews that basically said this game is absolute garbage. The developers were ripping people off, blah, blah, blah. This 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 guy <laughs> <laughs> That guy is stupid. Please do not make YouTube right. So the reason he's angry is because of the fact he couldn't get past the first level. If right. you can't get past it, go ask the developers for help. Because one, this game is not aimed for you to use guns. It's pushing you into using the sword. It is a hack and slash, not a shooter. Which is why you find it so difficult. Because the game punishes you for using guns. You use it sparingly to able to move closer so you can get closer and use your sword. It's not meant for you just to run around and shoot. I have seen those videos, and the guy doesn't know what he's doing. If you want help, go ask Wanted Dead. Go ask one of the community. You can come give us a message, and we'll help you. It's, you know, it's just... Do not do not slag the developers off. Do not attack them. Do not lose your mind, because you can't beat it. It's just a game, all right? Just relax. Uh, I will... Uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna move on to our first news story this week, though. This one comes from Kotaku. Reddit has been sued over a forum that launched GameStop Mean Stock Mania... Uh, it's the founder of Wall Street Bets. They was wrongly ousted over a trademark dispute. Uh, this was earlier last year. However, Wall Street Bets has grown to more than one million subs as earned recognition from the financial press. Uh, since the trademark infringement lawsuit, which was filed only two days ago, February 15th in California, it goes on to allege that Reddit banned him from the platform for trying to monetize the community only after he filed trademark protection for the Wall Street Bets brand. He said the slogan like 4chan found a Bloomberg terminal has grown to over 10 million users since it's since some of its users like Keith, I'm not saying his nickname, that nickname, uh, Keith Gill, made millions of hyping up the case for investing in dying companies like GameStop. Uh, the video game retailer stock went from a few bucks to over $100. Some big hedge fund lost tons of money and the subreddit leading the charge grew to rank 25 well, in the top 25 of all Reddit forums. 
Uh, Rosinski was excommunicated from Wall Street Bets the year before all that happened. And despite apparent movie deals, he's now trying to re-enter the picture through the courts. He's now suing Twitter, uh, suing Reddit. Uh, a spokesman for Reddit called the lawsuit frivolous. Uh, Jamie was removed as moderator of the Reddit post, uh, the Reddit group, and banned by the community moderators for attempting to enrich himself. The lawsuit is another transparent attempt to enrich himself. Uh, Rosinski sees things differently, obviously. There is an ex- excerpt from the lawsuit uh, which, re- which references 80s films, including Wolf of Wall Street. My God. Uh, on Reddit, just about everyone to include aspiring pornographers and scam artists can find a place. Everyone that is except Mr. Rosinski. His true offence is trying to control the brand he created in the first place, a brand that helped Reddit ride to a $10 billion valuation. Reddit filed several applications with the United States Patent Office to register Wall Street bets as their own. So they tried to steal this guy's Reddit name and trademark it themselves, uh, as aggressively opposed Mr. Rosinski's application. If you build it, they will come, entrepreneurs tell themselves, drawing inspiration for the protagonist farmer's walkthrough as an Iowa cornfield in the 1989 Field of Dreams. Does anyone actually remember Field of Dreams? That film's been kind of lost to time. Uh, Reddit's dreams, however, turned out to be Mr. Rosinski's nightmare, as the company insists, if you build it, we will take it from you. Mr. Rosinski never asked to be treated like this. He says, in in all um, social justice, whilst at the same time engaging in systematic calculated exploitation by asserting trademark rights over brand innovators built on the platform and then using those trademarks to secure financing. He's about Reddit. Now, the Wall Street Journal said that Rosinski had created Wall Street bets to have a place to talk about investing more like gambling and that growing popularity thanks to stock brokerage uh, marketing zero commission trading to regular people. He claims the only monetizing he ever did was occasionally plugged his book titled Wall Street Bets and promoted a live trading competition sponsored by True Trading Group. Technically, this guy's right. Reddit trademarked his group because it was becoming so popular. And the fact that, that he was drawing people to Reddit, they were able to then secure a sizable investment in the company and then trademarked his group name their own means who yeah, i mean that's that's kind of messed up but it's like does does that guy have a case because it's like that's that's the whole point of you of people copywriting ideas you know inventions because of of, <coughs> of the risk of somebody seeing what you're doing seeing seeing that it has potential and then somebody could come in and swoop it and copyright yeah. it before trade, you do trade trademarks i mean copyright technically wise he has the copyright because he created the name However, if you don't trademark something in time, somebody else can trademark it from you. Exactly. It's it's first come, first serves with trademarks. Copyright something different. If he had created a logo or written a piece of work or made a movie, that's his legal copyright. Reddit then couldn't use that to enrich themselves. However, they trademarked the name because they were first in there and he didn't. Technically, he doesn't have a case. I think think best case scenario is that maybe... Maybe he could, you know, maybe he can probably settle out of court and maybe get a spot in the group or, you know, maybe get a piece of something. Maybe that could be best case scenario, but I don't think he's going to, he definitely, I don't think he's in a position to win any type of case. No, I don't think he's winning. Reddit is easy. They're a $10 billion company anyway. Yes, he tried to enrich himself by using the group for his own financial means, which was the point of it in the first place. He wanted to get into Wall Street. Right. So the whole point of the group was to make him money. So that whole argument from Reddit is nonsensical. But 
they trademarked the group, he can't then say that they did it illegally because he didn't trademark it himself. If he trademarked it himself and they then tried to dispute that or just continue using his license or his brand or whatever, then yeah, he'd have a case. In this case, he doesn't. Uh, but uh, moving on to some gaming news, just want to crack, crack me the hell up this week. Uh, Witcher 3 uh, unwittingly added a mod, fam. Uh, another mod has snuck it in. Do you want to have a guess what it's called? Mm, it's, it's, is, is it called Garrett, Garrett and his three wives? No, it's uh, Vaginas for Everyone. <laughs> oh, man. I was going with that the right vagina. You get the vagina. I was going with that right wheelhouse. <laughs> clever as hell what's uh, original author said they didn't know and they don't care <laughs> uh one of the year's most unusual stories this year has been witcher 3 spiffy new gen update uh it's not only polished the game but has had detailed vagina models to a number of select group of monsters not humans monsters <laughs> four characters suddenly found in possession of an autonomy accurate nether regions including the crone of craig bog who looks now look like Victoria's Secret model because you can see her funny. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> the, uh, and the va- vampire-like Brooksay is now naked with a full vagina. Uh, the weirder element was that initially the game's developer CD Projekt Red didn't even know it happened. They still pushed it, still pushed it with the update. <laughs> they snuck it into the update with to everyone. Point on this. PC gamers Josh Wolden uh, speculated like the cause of various community-made mods that CDP are integrating into the new version. Unfortunately, they just blanket covered a number of mods without checking what those mods were. Uh, looks like he was on the money. CDPR has now confirmed in a statement the Rogue Vagina mod originated a mod called HD Monsters Rework, or HDMR, uh, which is ostensibly right. about adding more realistic textures to in-game characters. It turns out it also incorporates part another mod called Vaginas for Everybody. Uh, in 2021, at the time of signing the copyright transfer agreement, uh, the mod author confirmed they were the sole owner of the mod, said the HDR mod author granted CDPR rights to use the mod and was credited and compensated for their work. Uh, things obviously got <laughs> murkier because it turns out the creator of Vaginas for Everyone was asked for permission to incorporate it back in 2019 but never responded. Uh, the author of HDMI apparently nonetheless used mod textures for their own mod, but never mentioned it nor gave credit to, on the HDMI mod description page. Uh, there's also a lawsuit now been filed because they're now suing CDPR for using their uh, creative work without rights. Uh, it explains a lot. Obviously, the author of the HDMI mod goes by Denroth. Uh, it's also got a page on Nexus Mods if you want to go have a look. Uh, there's no mention of it incorporating vaginas from everyone in the description. In fact, it's not mentioned whatsoever uh, it's standard practice on nexus mods that if you incorporate other mods you have to explicitly detail and credit them so you have to put the name of the author where it's come from the upload date etc that is standard practice for nexus mods if you don't do that you can have your account banned uh, not just because of its bright but also compatibility so it could be uploaded on an earlier version of nexus mods which is no longer supported so if you download a mod that was created on an earlier version of the build, which no longer works, it will basically destroy your game, which is why mod authors are required to upload and credit everybody that's involved with the mod that they're creating or uploading. It looks like they've been the case of one modder who made a, been a little unscrupulous and hoping no one will notice. It didn't work out though. The creator was not compensated for their work inclusion, was not credited, 
He said bluntly, I don't care about it. Arguably, the mod did its job. Uh, CDPI announced it, it tends to pull all the content in the question. So vaginas for everyone will be leaving very, very shortly. He said we want to add that the removal of these elements is not intended as a statement against nudity or mature themes, but rather an attempt to maintain visual coherence because only a certain number of characters, mainly the monsters, female monsters, are getting vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically pulling it because only a couple of the monsters have got vaginas and not everybody's got a vagina on show. <laughs> it's kind of, that's, that's, that's sick. <laughs> uh, this is why we can't have nice things. Man. No, seriously, when you're going to incorporate mods into your game, you need to go through it with a fine tooth comb. CDPR just don't seem to pay attention. The sexy time isn't over, though. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6, we've got news about this this week. You'll be able to have sex and watch your characters have sex with NPCs. Now, this is because Todd Howells announced that they are building better AI for future Bethesda games, and it has been incorporated into Elder Scrolls 6. So you, like in uh, previous games of Elder Scrolls 5, you can have uh, kids and stuff. Uh, this time around, you'll be able to get married, have children, but you'll be able to actually have sex with those NPCs. Uh, YouTubers made it sound like Skyrim's game director has given a rousing presentation. He explained Elder Scrolls 6 will finally give players what they want. <laughs> Shout out PC Gamer. Uh, the opportunity to shag an NPC. <laughs> I love that choice of language. Uh, throughout the years, the modding community has also been a big source. Todd Howell said he, he looked at the most popular mods and requests. A pattern kept emerging, uh, mainly from developer mods sites called Sex Lab Framework and OSTIM Framework along with other projects. Uh, the words Robo Howard goes on to say are clearly unbelievable. The echo and acoustics of the room and the awkward laugh the cheering all sound pretty authentic to me. He said he won't spoil it, but it could be at E3. They're going to have a talk about it at E3 about video game features in the next few weeks, if E3 actually goes ahead this year. Uh, apparently, Todd Howard will be there to, to, uh, to give a talk. Uh, there are things, of course, reason to be concerned about potential misuses of AI vocal training However, it could be likely, Bam, that we're going to be hearing moaning and screaming in the next Elder Scrolls 6. Oh, what, during like, during like the whole Elder Scrolls 6 reveal? Uh, well, apparently, because you're going to be able to have time in PCs. This should be called Elder Scrolls there as well. 6 edition. Yeah, <laughs> Elder Scrolls 6. <laughs> <laughs> Twice as bangable. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, they're going to be included apparently. Fact, it's ridiculous, man. <laughs> I wonder if you're going to be able to like choose a perfect partner. Are they going to is it all going to be like the same models like we had in Elder Scrolls Five, where basically everybody has the same body type, or are we going to, be able <laughs> to like, imagine customize like big boobs and bumps? <laughs> Personal preference. You can imagine that game going to sell millions, man. Yeah. All people hearing that, people people are going to go out in droves and buy that game. Yeah, apparently there's going to be sex noises as well whilst you're having sex with the NPCs. They're going to be making noises. I don't see it. You know, <laughs> nobody's going to be able to uh, stream this game. No. I'm certainly not streaming it. If they got, I mean, yes, we've got... <laughs> we're, we're streaming Atomic Heart. We haven't in court found any of the uh, naughty scenes in Atomic Heart just yet. Uh, we are playing that game right now. Our review's due up on the 20th. Uh, there is naughty scenes in that, which we are not able to stream. They said they got four hours of, of those scenes yeah. within that game. Yeah, four hours. I don't think it's four hours in total, like one long continuous length. I think it's like ten minutes cut up into. Yeah. That's a lot of scenes, to be honest. 
That's too Lord. many scenes for you to be having sex with these <laughs> robots. No, Calibur's always going to be here too, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, Calibur's going to have all that one. <laughs> Apparently, there are also Elder Scroll mods coming out. There is a not safe for work. Uh, there's technically one called Slongs of Skyrim. <laughs> uh, Slongs of Skyrim. Well, there's one called The Erotic Adventures of Misty Sky. People are making basically Skyrim mods of porn. Uh, so if they're going to call, please do not incorporate that into Elder Scrolls 6, but they start begging you because that's going too far. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Uh, moving on to some weird stuff. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, as we spoke about, I have now 100% completed it. We do have a review up. We did rate 8 out of 10. There are some graphical issues. There are some issues with the game basically being over padded with content. There's too much there, uh, particularly the Merlin trials. Oh, yeah. I can't stand them because they're completely pointless. They don't really do anything, as far as I can tell. I, could, I beat about 20 of them. I did 20 of them, but the map was still yeah. for them. And what the Merlin trials do? So what well, the Merlin trials do is the amount of inventory you got, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah, they give you more inventory slots. So like, if you don't go through and clean up your inventory slots, you know how many tests that like you see throughout that game. Because just like you said, it's just padded with just too much content. So like, you always have too many, too many glasses or too many hats or too many robes. Yeah, and all of them are pointless as well because I always just end up destroying them. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to sell it. There's no point. I'd have to constantly backtrack to the nearest shop. There needs to be better optimization with that game, as far as the way the content and the inventory system goes, because it's so mm. there's so many clothes. But it's not just clothes you find as well. Like you'll find like random bits of crap, like the amount of lich foot, those little flies, glowing flies. The amount of them I've got. Right. The amount of toadstools. Like, the, like yes, okay. The, the whole point of the dungeons and, like, the, uh, the cave systems and all that, and, all, like, the only way to beat that is to go find furniture. Like, the whole thing is tied around a piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're just collecting stuff. The whole point of Hogwarts Legacy is to collect things. Yep. And, and it, seems like, it seems like on the surface, it seems like on the surface, right, like, on the surface, that game looks like a masterpiece. But mm-hmm. the more and more time that, like, you put into it, you can see... Like the attention to detail, or like the, the or like the developers thinking about the player and like the player's time, like they didn't really spend like a lot of development time really thinking about how all of these collectibles were gonna burn out the player, or how all these collectibles are in the game. But whenever you look at the map, it's not like you can like pinpoint exactly what is in the area or like what area you are in that like you need. Let's say how many field pages you need whenever you're in Hogwarts. Like it doesn't really do a good job. Of, like right. dealing with the player's time, it just it just throws you in there and just expects you to go get all these collectibles, which is over like what six hundred collectibles. Yeah, and it's like like the demiguy statues are a pain in the ass. Like yes, you get one in each though. little hamlet you find, and there's about ten in in Hogwarts and that. But there's also ones dotted around you don't even have a, um, a notice for. Like there's there's hundreds of them, there's loads of them, and they just keep popping up. Like the uh, all the collectible wands and broomsticks. Most of the stuff you find out in the world is not as powerful as the stuff you buy at and you can buy in the shops. What is the point of finding right. these items? Because you can just go to a shop and get a more powerful item. But they're basically just giving you useless crap, essentially. There's nothing there that's worth the time of going out and collecting it. Now, everyone said the game was meant to be 40 hours on the main story. That was the other thing. The big news story that Warner Brothers released two weeks before launch was that the game was 40 hours long. I beat that game in 21 hours. 
So that was a lie. Uh, they said there was Ooh. 100 hours of side quests and content. Again, lie. Because when I did all the side quests and content and all the main content, it came out to roughly about 30, 40 hours max. And I didn't even finish it all because I wasn't going to sit there and do all the Merlin trials. That was boring. Right. That's really the only thing I skipped was the Merlin trials. I'm not wasting. I've beaten the games. I've done. I won the house cup. It's over. I'm not wasting another 10, 15 hours trying to get everything because it's just it's it's so overpadded. Hogwarts Legacy though will go down as one of the most profitable games ever made. It's oh, yeah. already beaten Elden Ring. It's beaten Elden Ring uh, in the UK and US and the EU. Uh, but there are mods, obviously, already coming out, including one where your broomstick can turn into Shrek. <laughs> and sit on Shrek's good. butt and fly around. <laughs> uh, there is naughty ones as well. There are a couple of mods uh, where you one turns into a dildo. That was not to be unexpected. That was obviously going to be there. Somebody would have done right. that. Uh, and include, they've, uh, you know that YouTube video with Harry Potter where they replaced the wand with a gun? No, I never guns. saw that one. Uh, I'm going to send you this video in a minute, okay? Right. There is a video, I think, uh, what's his name? Asma Gold did a reaction to it. But this scene's like they've replaced throughout the Harry Potter movie with guns. So, you know that scene? I don't know whether you've seen this with Neville Longbottom. Is uh, saying, no, you have to get back to bed to Hermione, Ron and Harry. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Neville. And she <laughs> knocks him out. In this one, they replaced him with a gun, so she shoots him in the end and his blood's flat. Jesus. <laughs> it's so, it is so hard. I will leave yeah. a link to it down below if you watch it. I want to ask you, so what house did you end up going with? Uh, originally, my first play for Gryffindor. Uh, I then did another playthrough as Mavolo Riddle, which was Tom Riddle's grandfather, and I went Slytherin. Okay, cool, cool. All right, cool. Because, you know, because I was about to lead a podcast, you would have said Hufflepuff. I'd have to skedaddle, man. I would have no. to leave, man. No, nobody <laughs> plays Hufflepuff. Nobody's in Hufflepuff. And plus, there's I don't whole, like colour yellow. It's disgusting. There's a whole subject for people on social media. Is like they trying to like they trying to, to to like turn people or convert people into being Hufflepuffs, man. Yo, you can't pay me enough money to to tell you that you know the like I like to eat glue for a snack. Like Hufflepuff is just I don't know. I would never, ever, ever respect no. a Hufflepuff. I, I know some people went to Ravenclaw, and I, I, I'll let that pass. But Hufflepuff, no, you're going too far, mate. Uh, there is also, including in these mods, somebody has put in a Wii remote to replace the wand. And a stick of a spouse. <laughs> That's funny. And <laughs> a stick of a spouse. <laughs> <laughs> and they've oh, replaced yeah. dialogue so, with the modder uh, saying, you're a farmer, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> yeah, they one of the ones. You gotta send me some of those. And in, in the description, it says you're a one, you're a farmer, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta send me those. Oh, uh, I'll send you the link for this. It's hilarious. Uh, someone also used a time travel spell called Timius Travellus, uh, which is to collect fable art artifact in the year two thousand six, which is a mod that's been put into the game. Uh, there's also a new spell called Explodus, <laughs> basically blows everything up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, these mods are clever. Uh, now, instead of staring at moving paintings, our students of Hogwarts is also now a mod where you can play Wii Bowling. Uh, the mod lets you replace your magic wand with a bright green limited edition Luigi Wii remote, uh, which is the real copy of the Wii remote is actually put into the game. The picture, and it's not a remade artistic drawing, it's the actual Wii remote. 
Uh, you can use a standard Wii remote as well, which is another bug, uh, another mod. Uh, it's hard to resist injecting, obviously, Luigi into your game. Uh, we can't actually play Wii Bowling. We do something different within the other mods. So basically, it's an image. It's like, how can I explain? It's like Animal Crossing, you know, when you tap something and the thing moves. It's like that, essentially. You're not actually playing a full game. You're basically, it's one picture and then the ball comes back. It's, yeah. But it's in now. Uh, there's also something funny about the idea of a wizard with a gun. So instead of a wizard, you've now got a pistol. <laughs> you can play with a gun in Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, the Boomstick mod removes the one and lets you point a 12-gauge double-barrel Remington at anything that moves. There's <laughs> 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 uh, uh, also a more compact sidearm about the Magic Gun mod, which replaces the one with a Glock. Uh, this mod replaces your wand with a magical device that is based on 1800s historical design. Uh, the mod has said it's fair, it's fair enough you included it. It's time, it's time relevant. It's also quite naughty style if you like live in the US. Uh, you don't like a kid carrying a gun around the school. You can stick with law-friendly wands, but mod in some much cooler ones. For example, there's a wand uh, with Voldemort. They've included Voldemort's wand into the game. And the Elder Wand as well, so you can get that right from the off which is obviously the one used by some other Hogwarts guy. Uh, there's also the look some of the coolest things included in the Snakehead handle. They've included different mod designs. Uh, some of the stuff from the movie has made its way into the game. Fortunately, all this is only on PC. You can't get it on console, which sucks. Uh, there's also a lot to choose from you want to make up your mind. There is a wandless casting mod that removes the mod in the, the wand entirely, and you basically your wizard will use his hand, which is exceptionally cool as well. Um, if I can get a PC version, I will try and do a video of all the mods on there. But it's sick of asparagus. It's just clever. Uh, last but week, though, before we jump into deals of the week, um, Atomic Heart, speaking of which, uh, Mike Gordon, who is the composer behind the game, is apparently donating his entire fee for Atomic Heart to humanitarian aid for Ukraine. Good on Mick Gordon. What a bamf. Uh, the composer praised the game's developer as an absolute delight to work with, though. So the composer of games like Prey, the Doom reboots, and the Wolfenstein games have been hard at work on upcoming Bioshock like Atomic Heart, but he's not keeping any of the money for it. He's donating 100% of the wages he was paid to the Ukraine humanitarian effort, uh, which is awesome. I won't go into too much more detail on that, uh, but definitely go give Mick Gordon some love on Twitter and Facebook. He's an absolute band for doing what he's doing. That is incredible. I don't know if I could personally give up my... Uh, salary for the year but the fact he has is uh is an extremely cool and uh, good on him anyway time for deals and all the world thing it deals after week if you don't find what you want then sorry we can't know. help you out <laughs> yeah sorry we can't help you week. out <laughs> Uh, kick us off this week you'll be able to get an id pad gaming laptop aided an amd ryzen 5 uh, 8GB DDR4 RAM and 512GB SSD. Use the code Let's Go Lenovo. You can find it on the laptop outlets deal. Uh, it's only £712.49. That deal has been cut down. I think it's about 15%. Uh, it's best price anyone's seen since the RTX 3060 in quite some time. You will need to use the code at checkout to get that price, uh, but it's free shipping and packaging. Just be able to get that without having to pay the extra 20 30 quid on top, which isn't bad at all. Nintendo Selects Legend of Zelda Ocarina Retire right now. Amazon £15.99. 
that deal was for a limited time. It's only deal that's only just gone up, so you've got a little bit of time for that deal. It buys Deathloop Avatar Pack right now on PlayStation Store. It's free. You will need to use the code 3XFZQANXCJ6A. That's 3XF7QANXCJ6A. Uh, that is open to everyone uh, in the UK. Uh, but otherwise, you can get it in North America, 76736HNNK88S, K887. That's K887. Uh, in Europe and Middle East and Oceania, you 3XF7QANXCJ6A. In Japan and South Korea, there is many, many different codes. I will leave a link to it down below uh, if you want to go check that out. Uh, it's on PlayStation Store, but you will need a different code depending on the area you are in. Sekiro Shadows of Die Twice Game of the Year Edition on Xbox and Series X. You will need an Argentina VPN set to Argentina. Use the code MEOWTASTIC. That is MEOWTASTIC, M-E-O-W, uh, at Gamiva right now for get the game for just £6.36. That is incredible. I will be going to get that myself in just a few minutes. Uh, Nintendo Switch Golf Story right now is only £5.99. You can also get Hot Shot Racing for £2.39. On the Nintendo eShop, that is 56% off down to £5.99, down from £14 uh, for Golf Story. £2.39 for Hot Shot Racing on the Nintendo eShop. GTA 5 right now on Amazon for PS5 is only £18.75. That's not a bad deal at all. It's usually about 25 quid for PS5. Saving yourself a few pounds there. Uh, personally, I'd stop buying GTA 5 right now and wait for GTA 6. There is supposedly going to be an announcement at some point later on this year. Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword right now at Tesco's. 32% off. You can get that for £25 for Nintendo Switch. Uh, that is at, mainly at the Aylesbury Tring Road branch at Tesco. However, uh, there may be some other additional uh, local stores in your area, so definitely check the stores there. Uh, you'll also be able to get Tesco, Tesco GTA 5 Premium Edition for PS4 for just the fiver. Horizon Forbidden West Anniversary PSN Avatars right now. Uh, there is a code of PlayStation store. It is B2B9X5NK494R. That deal is free for a limited time. Uh, there is no news on if it's just the one code or multiple and be able to redeem it. Uh, Dead Space Remake PC right now at CD Keys, $32.99. Uh, that game has only just released. That is from this year. Uh, that is $32.99 per PC at CD Keys. I Expect You to Die 2 right now. And Oculus Quest is just £12.99. That's 32% off. Obviously, free posters and packaging. Uh, you get download it straight to your headset. System Shock 2 for Steam right now. Humble Bundle is just £1.4p. That is 85% off. System Shock 2, we have got several coverages on that. Deal is expiring on the 20th of this month. So you've got a couple of days to grab that quickly. Similarly with Bing, Sex, Intrigue and Scalpels right now on GOG. That is currently free on GOG. That deal expires at 3pm, 14.59 technically, on the 20th. Hogwarts Legacy UK Steam Key right now. Games Planet. It's $34.99. You can save yourself a few quid on that. Use the code ROG. That deal was expiring this coming Sunday, so you've got a couple of days to get that quickly. Unravel 2 Nintendo Switch right now in the eShop. That deal will expire on the 5th of March, but you can get it now for £4.24 on the Nintendo eShop. Marvel's Midnight Suns is free to play on Steam this weekend. 
Uh, it also includes the Venom DLC as a pre-teaser. Uh, that deal will expire also on Sunday. Immortal Phoenix Rising right now on PS5 and Xbox Series X at the game collection is £8.95, free potions and packaging. Grab that quickly. Uh, and that is all for your deals of the week. Whew, that was a lot. My phone's a bit dry. Um, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot of deals this week. A lot of deals. Uh, Activision Blizzard news, though. I want to touch on this quickly because Activision Blizzard deal is close to finishing. We're almost at the end now. Uh, the UK antitrust warning has signaled that Xbox deal is close to being approved in the UK. Uh, Webb Bush said the CMA's objection suggests the UK is known or knows it has a losing legal battle. Uh, as according to Webb Bush securities analyst Nick McKay and Michael Pachter, who suggested in a research note that the antitrust warning is a signal the UK knows it has a losing legal argument. Uh, this is following a five-month investigation, claiming it's going to result in fewer choices, higher prices, less innovation however that is looking likely to not be the case and the fact that they clearly don't have a legal leg to stand on to block the deal uh, in december the u.s federal trade commission did announce plans to file a lawsuit stop the merger last week eu also issued microsoft with a charge sheet setting out its objections the eu's deal is going to be announced next week we don't know an official details on what the actual decision will be However, there was confirmation this week, and I know if Chloe listens to this, she's going to be pulling her hair out, Dan. Bobby Kotich will oh, actually yeah. be remaining a CEO if Microsoft deal falls through. Mm. Sorry, Chloe. Uh, I know you're not going to be happy with that, but there you go. Uh, the previous report suggests Kotich may plan to leave following the deal. However, he's now expected to remain in his current role. Uh, in January 2022, obviously, the Wall Street Journal reported that the CEO had told the app that they expected the controversial CEO to leave. However, it was set still to be definitely confirmed whether this was actually the case. However, Kocic has now been confirmed by Fox Business that he will stay as CEO if the deal breaks down and potentially if the deal even goes through, he'll be remaining. Uh, the publication claimed that according to sources close to the situation, Kocic will absolutely remain at the gaming giant to run the company should regulators derail the planned takeover. So the whole point that Xbox and Microsoft were buying Activision Blizzard was to, take, to stop the culture that exists in Activision Blizzard. That's why the CEO and Bobby Kotich and several of the management team were basically trying to keep their jobs. If they UK regulators in the EU and the US stop it, Bobby Kotich will remain and the culture will not change. So they're going to have more lawsuits and there'll be more investigations. And you're just wasting time and money, to be honest. Uh, reports obviously suggested that Kotich was suspected to leave Activision Blizzard the company claimed the report to shareholders in April last year. Kocic hadn't discussed his plans before the acquisition announcement and still hasn't to this point. Uh, should he be terminated, could be, Kocic could be in line to receive hundreds of millions of dollars from being forced to depart the company. Obviously, it has been also apparent news that employees are being forced back into the office, despite the fact that Activision Blizzard offices are apparently riddled with COVID. Uh, which isn't fantastic. That's a stupid idea. But employees apparently they're being forced to the office. If you turn back to the office, what is your thoughts, Dan? About Bobby Kodak staying or the COVID office? Uh, the whole the whole thing, the whole situation. Yeah. I mean, well, Bobby Kodak, again, even I mean, I don't know why anybody expected him to leave. This is like what me and you've been telling Chloe forever. Yeah. If he knows that if he gets pushed out and he gets hundreds of millions of dollars, he was never going to leave. He would rather just get pushed out or just get fired or, or whatever they would do, you know, to get him out of that position. Because again, he's going to be compensated for being pushed out of the company. Yeah. And as, as far as the COVID offices go, I mean, people, 
people 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 had to expect to be ready to go back to work eventually. Like there's a lot of places where like they make people work, you know, so, like some people have had to do like a hybrid schedule, you know, to when they might go in once or twice a week. But I mean, people have to be ready for the world to eventually go back to normal at least one day. I feel like most people who are mad about having to go back into an office are probably mad because you know, working remote is literally the best thing in the world. You know, like you could easily move somewhere. Like, let's say, for example, right, when me and my wife moved from Massachusetts to Florida, we both were working remote. But it's like we was getting, you know, Massachusetts pay. And now we live in Florida, which is way cheaper. But yeah. she still works remote. So it's like she's still getting the benefit of receiving more money while being able. Now we can afford a bigger house, you know, a better car. You know, it's just I feel like most people, they just don't want to return back to work because you start to lose all these benefits or they got comfortable, you know, being able to wake up last minute. You know, they don't got to brush their teeth. They don't got to brush their hair. They can just sit at their computer inside pajamas unless they got like, (laughs) you know, like a Google meeting to jump into. Yeah. Even even then, and I used to do this when I used to work remotely in London. When I was working in Sherwood. Mm hmm. I used to put my shirt on the top half, but I'd be in my pants. And you was in underwear. Off. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, I can't tell pants. you how many times I've been butt naked talking to an employee <laughs> on the phone. Like, I'm talking butt booty naked. I'm not even in the chair. I'm just naked, just in my bed talking. You know what I mean? And it's just, yeah. like I said, man, I feel like people, they just don't want the world to return to normal because we've gotten used to, you know, to, you know, to having these benefits. But I mean... I mean, at some point, you got to, like, the world has to stop being afraid of COVID. You know what I mean? And you got to, the world has to return to normal one day. Yeah. Well, they have, staff have said the place is riddled with COVID. Several people right. have COVID in the office. Uh, some staff have moved, chosen to live further away from the city or to sell their vehicle to save on cost because of the cost of living in California has risen to the point where they can no longer afford to live there, which is why they were so much in favour of work, working remotely. And to be right. fair, they are developers. They don't really need to be in an office because you don't have a lot of it when you're coding or you're designing something. You'll spend two, three days on your own, head down, not talking right. to anybody. So what difference does it make? Right, yeah, yeah. And I agree I mean, with that they, part. They could, they could do it a separate way. They could say, we'll compensate you for coming back into work. We'll pay your fuel for the year or we'll pay your travel into work. Give you an extra 2000 a year. I if you don't want to work like, the office, then you, you get paid less. I agree with you, too, because it's like, it's like just like what I just said. Like, I feel like a lot of people, you know, they can get away with moving away from, like, these super expensive cities and move somewhere, you know, to what cost of living is, is not that bad, especially, you know, with how the world is going. You know, with everything is super high nowadays. Like, a carton of eggs is, like, seven bucks inside the U.S. for a carton of eggs. Like, everything has, has rised tremendously. But it's like... I don't know if they can maybe like I feel like something's gonna have to change with the culture at Activision. Like somebody's gonna have to get sued, or like there's gonna have to be some kind of case to go on if they're trying to force people to come to work even when they have COVID. Like that's a problem. Yeah, but we have the same thing here though. There's no COVID restrictions whatsoever. Of my me and, when me and my wife and my son all had COVID, and the school still wanted him in. He still he he was he was really really ill. But they wanted him to come into school would it be unpla- un- unauthorized absence and we would have got fired. Yeah. They have COVID stupid. restrictions here inside the US. Like my like my kids' school, if the children have COVID or like if we go on a vacation, like when we went on it on that cruise back in December, like we had to they still told us, Hey, you guys gotta quarantine. 
before you bring them to school. Yeah, we're now no quarantine now, no quarantine at all. Uh, but the Activision uh, Blizzard has issued a statement that they said Activision Blizzard is returning teams to the office over the past year. On the 13th of February, which was earlier this week, we updated our future of work plans in close partnership with leadership teams. We customise a plan based on what's best for our business and our teams. We look forward to the increased real-time in-person collaboration and opportunities this change will foster. I, that, that, is a, that is a bit of a kick in the teeth, the way that is worded. We look forward to seeing you back. No, there's no new room for negotiation. We'll see you, we'll see you on Monday. <laughs> just, uh, over a decade, lower earning departments have pleaded with leadership to include yearly adjustments in salary to prevent uh, the cost of living crisis, but these have been denied. Most recent meetings last month suggest there were no plans for this to change this year at all. Two to four months is not enough time for the company to shift their stance, even if they were willing. Leadership isn't prepared for what it's like to happen. and exodus of talent is, will be looking to find work elsewhere. Other jobs in the tech sector play better and offer work from home. It is clear our thoughts on the matter are relevant. What is sent to do our employees have to remain at Activision Blizzard. Shortly before the Twitter thread was posted, uh, yet on Valentine's Day, a similar account situation was posted by Reddit user Dr. Hilarious, who claims to work the Q&A at Activision Blizzard. They say a number of workers walked out or stopped working uh, after receiving the news of having to come back to work full time. They also posted what they say is an internal email being sent by Activision Blizzard's HR department, the dreaded HR department, uh, which reads, as I mentioned on today's town fall, Activision is requiring employees to work from in the office beginning April 10th of this year. Our working model in so El Segundo, Austin and Minneapolis requires employees to be in the office three days a week and work remotely two days a week. The expectation is for employees to be within reasonable commute to the office they were hired for. As a result, there will there are no permanent remote work opportunities within Q&A. Which doesn't make any sense either because all you're doing is playing a game for 18, well, not even that, it's 15 hours a day in most cases. You could do that from home. You don't need to be in an office for that. You're taking notes while you're playing. That's essentially QA. Uh, expressing their frustration, they said commuting is not possible for some as they took this remote job under the ideals of working from home. So Activision Blizzard hired these developers under the promise they could work from home. He's now telling them no, that's no longer the case. You now have to move close to this office or you will be fired. Mm. That's, that's messed up, but that's messed up. But I guarantee that somewhere within that contract that these people signed, it probably said willing to like willing to relocate. Like a lot of people, they always, you know, you'll get these job offers and people be so happy, you know, to be able to say, oh, man, I got a job and such and such. Like if it's a dream job, most people, they don't even look into that type of stuff. But I would yeah, be willing they to bet. read their contracts. I'd have to be fair because I don't think a lot of people. When you read, when you get a job, you don't really read it, do you? I've only once ever read a job contract before starting, and that was because they asked to read it. Yeah, like I remember when I used to work security, like back in the day, like when I got out of the military, I was working like uh, security, but I was a mobile security guard. But I remember I had got hired for like a specific position but as soon as they get you as soon as the job gets you they can easily flip the script on you and it's like if you don't like it then you didn't then then you can quit and it's like there's nothing that you know that anybody can do because most time you need that job you know yeah. what i mean yeah 
they do this all the time. The thing is, with Activision Blizzard, they hire these people under the strict or that under the guise that they were there to work remotely during COVID because they needed people to right. work who couldn't work in the office. Mm-hmm. They they were hired in that position, but they're now being told they need to move or they'll get fired. That's a knobhead thing to do. That's a dickhead. Right. And quite frankly, I think that deserves a dickhead another week, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, play the song, please. Play the song. You're a dickhead. I hope you'll soon be dead. And this is payback time for what you put me through. Uh, going back to Hogwarts Legacy, though, uh, quickly touch on this. Hogwarts Legacy this week has broken Europe's sales. It's now 50%, 60, sold 56% more copies than Elder Ring in the same time period. Uh, and has sold 80% in the UK more than Elden Ring. That's, That's crazy. It's beaten Elden Ring. It beat last year's Game of the Year in sales yeah. in, in a really short period of time. That just goes to show you, though, just, just how big this universe is that, like, J.K. Rowling built. It's like, most people think, you know, like, on social media, especially with, like, all the outrage and with all the, the boycotting, you know, and just with all the with all the fake outrage, because, again, most of these people, like, they aren't outside of Universal. They aren't outside of, like, Orlando marching, with, you know, with they pick offenses and actually boycotting something. They just they just go and tweet. But with all these tweets that, like, you see with all this stuff on social media, you would expect that, that this is, like, the general consensus. Mm. But that franchise is still huge. I highly doubt. Like, there's no... Nothing that, that, that comes out for the entirety of this year is going to touch this game. Spider-Man 2 is not selling more than this game because no. Spider-Man 1 didn't even sell more than this game. There's nothing that's releasing for the remainder of this year, or I can't think anything. Like, Starfield isn't going to touch this. Nothing is going to touch this game when it oh, comes to I was going to say Starfield because technically Starfield's going to be releasing on Game Pass Day 1, so that isn't really going to be selling copies anyway. They're going to be getting downloads question is will it download more people download starfield than has bought hogwarts legacy i doubt it because because you got to think right like i know a lot of people who's who's you know fiancés or people's spouses like my wife for example my wife is a super casual gamer she plays like mario games and animal crossing when this game came out and when she seen me play it she started a save file she has more time logged into the game than what i have logged into the game Harry Potter grew up with an entire generation. An, an entire generation of people grew up with this game. Starfield, most people, you walk outside and you, and you say Harry Potter, most people who you speak to is going to know what Harry Potter is, whether they're a gamer or not. Yeah. And uh, I, I actually and, and, knew someone in, in the original Harry Potter. Do you know the young man who was a member of Gryffindor in the first two films and then he explicitly disappeared and he, he apparently got murdered? Which one? You know I, that I, story? Haven't that, I haven't seen that, there, seen that, there was that a, movie in a while. Well, the first two Harry Potter films, uh, there was a young lad called David who was in the mm-hmm. original cast. Uh, he got stabbed in uh, Elton High Street, which is where I live near near to now. But I used to go to school with that kid. That's crazy. Yeah, and he got, he got stabbed just after uh, the whole, I think it was, was it Christmas <coughs> of Azkaban? Mm-hmm. He died. In, uh, he got stabbed outside of McDonald's for some reason. That's wild. No, but just what I was saying, though, right, is like, at this point, Harry Potter is like a household name. If you go outside and you and you stop by the gas station or you go to the store and you ask somebody about Starfield, unless they're a gamer, they're not going to know what that is. And then you got to get into like Western RPGs, and then you got to get into people who are fans of Bethesda games. Yeah, um, uh, there there is one question. I will put a poll up on this uh, on this podcast. Uh, you find it down below. But I want to ask you, Bam, as well. 
the fact that this game is selling so well, will this automatically make it game of the year, or do you think somebody else, something else, is going to beat it? I think this game is going to be game of the year because whatever is released based on the sale numbers. Not even based on the sale numbers. I just think it's going to be game of the year just because of the just because of the impact that it, you know that it that it had. It's the same thing with, with like Elden Ring. Elden Ring wasn't game of the year because of the sales. Elden Ring was game of the year because for months that's all anybody was talking about, and for months. Yeah. This game is going to be what everybody's talking about. Will it get the votes, though, is the question. Because, you know, the fact that even once this gets a nomination, it might, and it will get nominations, I'm not saying it won't do, it most likely will, but there's going to be people boycotting even that. And and what's what's the word? Um, when they negatively vote against it on purpose. Of course. I mean, of like, course you're going to get that. But, it, but like, it's just like what I said earlier, right? Like, a lot of these people who you see on, on online, doing this, doing like, you know, doing the internet boycotts. These people are not at Universal Studios boycotting outside. You don't see these people at, in like, like in Orlando boycotting. You don't see them outside Disney stores. Exactly. And like, and like half of these people, this is, this is my problem with like the new age society. People Mm -hmm. get online and then they go through the social media and then they, you know, they hop on their keyboard and then they type something and then, and and, you know, and then they think that that's going to help their cause. Mm -hmm. But really, it does nothing. Like, you aren't donating money to any LGBTQ people who need money, you know, to help, you know, with like educating people about the LGBTQ uh, community, uh, helping give these people safe places. They aren't doing anything except typing. No. They, they're, they're not there boycotting the fact that the toys are getting sold and J.K. Exactly. Rowling making a huge Like Legos and that. stuff. It's like, it's yeah. like J.K. Rowling has transcended. It's not just a Harry Potter game. It's no, Legos. She's, got, she's got about 15 sources of income. Right. Every time the movie gets played on TV or one of the Harry Potter movies, she's making a tremendous amount of money from that. Every oh, yeah. time that somebody buys a T-shirt or a toy, she's getting money from that. Every time someone buys a book, she's getting money from that. There's so many different sources of income for her right now. This game is like a drop in a bucket. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. The only reason that people are boycotting this, and I did see this post on Twitter, which, which you're referring to, uh, there's a video going circling around, which is accurate. The guy makes some very valid points. The only reason you're not doing that, the only reason these people are not boycotting those stores and not going to the local supermarket to stop people buying the DVDs, etc., is because it's more convenient to sit at home and slag off a game because it's easier. They don't actually have to do anything. Right. But, th- but like, this is even, this is even, like, I've said the same thing even before Mighty Keith even made a video regarding Hogwarts. If like I, I forget what episode it is. I told Chloe the same thing regarding the whole Activision thing. You know, with everybody fake outraging about the Activision thing. You know, when all the accusations came out with all the sexual escapades and all this weird stuff is going on, the most people are going to do is type or talk about it. Nobody is outside Activision, you know, marching or or donating money to people who have survived sexual like rape encounters. Nobody's doing anything except talking online. And that's my problem with, 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 with most of this fake outrage. Because if people really cared about this stuff, they wouldn't be talking about it. It's just like whenever you see people, whenever they whenever people do like a good deed, if somebody donates money to like, you know, to like a homeless guy on the corner. I'm not gonna record it because I'm trying to get likes and retweets. I'm just gonna re- I'm just gonna give the guy some food or some money and I'm gonna go about my day because I did it because I really cared. Yeah. But there is a discussion that's still ongoing on Twitter. Um, and it started with Jason Schreier. Because he did announce that J.K. Rowling is currently on a PR tour for her new podcast, which is probably not going to get the reception she thinks it is. Um, where she says people who think she ruined her own legacy 
could not have misunderstood her, her more profoundly. Uh, this came just a week after the launch of Hogwarts Legacy, and she has not even mentioned the game publicly herself. Some people are claiming that the reason she hasn't talked about it is because Warner Brothers has stopped her from doing so, which I don't mm. know how to put that, because I don't think Warner Brothers is in a position to tell her to not to say anything. No, they're like, not. She's the license holder. <laughs> they're, they're renting it from her. But she is on a PR tour for a new podcast. God knows what she's going to talk about. It'll probably be more transphobia. As far as if you want to boycott yeah, something, yeah. go boycott our podcast. Leave Hogwarts Legacy alone. Right. But you know, like, the problem with, like, all these people, right? They try to boycott it, but there's something inside of people who get angry at things that they just have. It's like whenever you see a car accident, like, on the road how you have to slow down and look to see. These people are going to go and hate watch this podcast and the ratings are going to go through the roof. All because they went just to hate watch instead of just ignoring it. Yeah. It's just it's just to... to because they're boycotting the game because they don't like her. The thing is, that she's, as I said before, she has zero impact. She had zero input. There was no... Uh, she's not she's not getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars from it. The majority of what she's already been paid, the majority of the money she's got from this is, is minuscule in comparison to what the game's actually going to sell for. And that's because right. they used the license from Hogwarts Legacy and the law within her own books. They didn't directly quote her. They didn't use any of the actual main stories. They didn't use any main characters. They took law quotes, so L-O-R-E, not law they used history, the history behind the book, and it's extensive. And some of it's been written by the fans rather than J.K. Rowling directly. They use that to create their own work. So she's not getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. She's not going to contribute from the not, not going to get any money from the profits of the sale of the game. She's already been paid. End of. That's it. That's right. her contribution. You know what makes me even more angry? Like the more I think about it, because I, I, I've been seeing stuff pop up online regarding Atomic Heart, and it's kind of it this this bleeds into to Hogwarts Legacy a lot. Yeah. These people, not not the LGBTQ community, but just people. When I say these people, I mean these people who do like the fake online outrage or the, like the fake boycotting thing. Yeah. Or try to well, shame. Well, what you know what these people are like, fam? Because do you remember when, like, when Black Lives Matter started, there was white women jumping on board. Right. It's basically yeah. fake outrage that yeah. somebody else has been racist to you or me. Mm -hmm. But what makes me even more angry, like the more I think about it, is that these people boycotted this game or they spoke ill about this game without playing the game. Because if they would have played the game, they would have seen that there is transgender people inside the game. Yeah. They are being included in the game. There's there's a lot of inclusion. You can choose to not gender yourself inside the game, which which there's, the developers a, clearly thought of. There, there was a, yeah, but there was even outrage against that because the the trans character in the game is called Sorona. And there was people claiming that the reason that it's called Sorona is because it's Sir. So it I mean, but but even if you look past that, though, again, you can make your own character be a non-binary, or you can choose to be a transgender in the game if that's what you choose to do. But it's like these people, they wouldn't know that because nobody played this game. Again, it's just a bunch of misinformation, and there was a bunch of fake outrage regarding the creator, which... Again, if they would have played the game, then they would have known. But if you if you look at the like the debate going about Atomic Heart, there's a subsection of people online telling people who are buying Atomic Heart, you're an evil person for buying this game because the studio is based out of Russia. So that so they're saying if you buy this game, you help funding the war, you know, against Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, that and that's like, a stupid that's a stupid take. 
<laughs> like, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying though, mate. It's like it just it just pisses me off because it's like every day you get on social media or every day we log into that little bluebird, you just see the worst takes in the world. And it's like these people don't take the time to do their own information and they just follow whatever narrative. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean this this goes across multiple genres, <laughs> like multiple industries. You look at pro wrestling, wrestling fans are some of the most knobbed people. Right. Some of them are great, but there's a lot of them that are just the biggest dickheads going. And they're exactly the same because they will follow the crowd. Movie fans who think they know everything about the lore and the backstory and everything about each and every single character, they will behave that way as well. It's not just video game fans in general. But the fact is, is that with games like Atomic Heart, we don't know anything about it. Nobody's played any gameplay yet. Yes, we're playing it right now. Game's not due out till next week, though, so the majority of people haven't played it. The people being the fake outrage haven't played it. They don't know a single thing about this game. The only thing they don't like is that the studio is Russian. Now, I know there's going to be outrage and the facts of what's happening in Ukraine because what's happening is revolting and disgusting. And it's, it saddens me and it sickens me to my core what's going on over there. And if I could get up and I could be re-enlisted, I would go and fight tomorrow. However, the fact is, is that the, the outrage of this against Munfish screams to me of racism. Now... There's going to be people out there that say, no, it isn't. But the only objection that these people have to Atomic Heart is the fact it's made by a Russian studio. There is zero connections between them and Vladimir Putin. They have absolutely said absolutely nothing about Russian atrocities or Ukraine. They haven't lent into any of the propaganda whatsoever. They haven't even addressed it. So until you know their actual thoughts on the matter or their stances on it, you cannot then impose your belief onto their stance and claim that's what they think that is nonsense and that's not the way it works atomic heart personally is a beautiful game it's, it's bioshock essentially it's bioshock with a twist yeah that's what I, got me interested I, in it yeah, man. that's what's got me interested and when it comes drops on game pass i will be downloading it and playing it but i will say that this fake outrage at hogwarts legs anybody that's got anything to do with a game that's ever had uh, any bad record or any, ever done, said, uh, done anything on social media in the last 20 years will get scrutinised for it and they will continue to be scrutinised long after that act. The people that are pushing this out, this fake narrative and this fake outrage about Hogwarts Legacy, one, have probably already played it, they've probably bought themselves a copy secretly themselves and they can't then say, oh, we haven't, we, you, should, you shouldn't play it because you've played it yourself and you know damn well you have. The fact that the numbers are so high, a lot of the people who are all in outrage are making up the majority on social media you know at least one of them has bought a copy right outrage is is completely fake but as far as in all this fake outrage against atomic heart give the game a shot it isn't even out yet till next week you don't know anything about it if there, if there was something in atomic heart that had like you the murdering ukrainians then yeah i'd be 100 telling them to boycott this game as well i'd be on the freaking sidelines and get this game off the shelves but that's not what's happening. Nobody's played it. Nobody knows what it's about. I don't even know what it's about yet because I'm not the one reviewing it. But this game is still coming out next week. Wait till next week before you form an opinion. Uh, not just because the studio is Russian. Because for me, that just sounds like bias, racism, xenophobia. Leave it alone. Uh, if you are playing Hogwarts Legacy, though, and you are waiting for the patch, uh, Avalanche is working on a fix to stop players getting stuck under the map and clipping into other objects. Uh, they are aware of the issues and has suggested some potential workarounds. Uh, there is a Xbox and PC patch that dropped earlier this week. PS5 patch is supposed to be coming between now 
and Sunday night. Uh, it was supposed to be Friday earliest. Uh, I know we posted our article, I wrote on the article Friday. Uh, that isn't actually Friday, it's starting on Friday up until Sunday. So anytime they can launch it between now and the weekend of the weekend. But Avalanche said it is looking into a fix for players getting stuck under the map and inside objects. One possible solution is turning it off and loading an older save. I had this issue as well when in a boss fight, the game started freezing and I got stuck in the wall. My save got corrupted. Uh, we'll be able to, if you go back to the main menu and then load an older save file, you will be able to get back into it. Uh, another move is moving to a different location under the map where players may be able to fast travel from. So if you can move towards one of the fast travel options, you might be able to jump out and it'd be access your start menu. This also makes a quick game. There's also other workarounds they are currently working on there. Wood has also advised players to continue reporting any bugs and issues they account on the website. The first post-release patch did launch on Tuesday for Xbox and PC. It addressed overall gameplay performance and stability as well as some online connection improvements. Full patch notes are on the website if you want to go check that out. I did leave a link down below. Ah, now, it's time for some music. Uh, when we come back, we are going to be discussing Kratos, God of War, original Ragnarok. We're supposed to have a different ending. Uh, this is news that just dropped this past week. Also, Saudi Arabia has bought more stake in Nintendo. And uh, Tetris movie has got its first trailer, uh, first look trailer. It's, it's a weird one. It's a weird film. But we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thanks, anyway. <laughs> We were good, we were gold Kind of dream that can't be sold We were right, till we weren't Built a home and watched it burn Started to cry, but then remembered I I can buy 
welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 94. Uh, we're joined here with Bam Bam. How you doing, buddy? Still here, man, you know, talking these games. Yes, I think that is your new catchphrase. Then. You should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Which one? Talking these games? Talking about these games? Yeah, talking about these games. <laughs> <laughs> it's something you say every single episode. But yeah. uh, what have you been playing this week? I know you've been playing Hogwarts Legacy. Have you been touching on anything uh, else? Because you are a bit of a, a completionist. I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy, man. I did buy one and did day one, played, beat that. And then I also picked up Metroid Prime after I finished the Octopath Traveler 2 demo because I beat every character's chapter one. Ooh. So that's really it. That's really it. I've been, I've been all over the place. I'm hoping I can actually get Octopath because I've been, I did really enjoy the first one. Mm-hmm. Really good game. Sequels going to look amazing as well. One game I did not get to play, unfortunately, uh, because I don't have a PS5, was God of War Ragnarok. Uh, Kratos was originally going apparently to have a different fate in God of War. Uh, there was not only a fight in the game, it was to have a drastically different outcome. Apparently, this, there is spoilers for the first two games of God of War, or the last two, God of War 2018 in particular. Uh, speaking to Minmax, Matt Sofa was asked about the end of God of War, the original, uh, the original remake, in which Kratos sees a mural uh, that shows his death, just in a prophecy can happen in the next game. Although the mural is shown again early in Ragnarok, Kratos ultimately doesn't die. So Phil Sarsis was any plans to actually kill him off, and apparently that was the case. This was an early draft of the outcome, apparently, that uh, Kratos would have died at the end of Ragnarok. Uh, Kratos died in the Thor fight at the very beginning of the game. Uh, so he was going to die. It wasn't a permanent death, though. So he would have gone to come back. But he said, what was going to happen? He, and I don't care, we can tell this because it doesn't happen anymore. Essentially, he gets pulled out of hell by Atreus, and there was supposed to be a mission with Atreus to send him into hell to get Kratos back. Mm, I think I would honestly would have rather have seen that. Yeah, that does sound like something that because they did this with the original God of War trilogy, where he would go into hell and fight the devil and stuff to sort of pay homage to the original trilogy in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would have been better for the story because. In that story, as you play, you learn that that's what Sindri, Sindri did the same thing with his brother Brock. Because you can bring a person back, but you need every piece of their soul. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? I'm actually kind of mad that uh, we didn't we didn't see that. Eric said, Eric Sofer said, I don't want to do that. Kratos has died and come back from it too many times. So you feel a bit too, oh, you said he was going to die and you just killed him. Like, he didn't come back. Uh, the hook, the emotion wasn't really going to be there, and he was absolutely right. That's why we didn't last very long in the script. He added the game's current ending, in which Kratos is still very much alive, helped create a message to fans that their players' fates or the game's fates, characters' fates, aren't sealed. If they had done that, I would have liked that mission because it sort of pays homage to the games that have done it before in the original God of War games because he frequently died and then he'd come back. Because he's the God of War, he doesn't die. So you're carrying on the narrative. The idea that this is too much and there's no emotion in it, that's down to the writing. That's not down to the fact that you're using that trope. Because it's, it's, a, it's a trope that is ingrained in the series. He said, as we were developing the story, we knew we wanted to be about letting go and changing. Knowing that Norse mythology is about fate and prophecy, we wanted to say that's bullshit. So basically they decided that the whole basis of what the game is built on was crap. and They didn't want to use it anymore. Which... Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Nothing is written that can't be unwritten. So as long as you're willing to make changes, then you're not bound to fate. So what we landed on was that when the story we wanted to tell, we knew that Kratos couldn't die because then it would be like, well, we aren't just going to say that Kratos wouldn't change and that would suck or couldn't change, which doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Speaking of death, though, Saudi Arabia, uh, one of the worst countries in the world for murder, uh, has reportedly increased its stake in Nintendo again. This time it now owns 7.8%. 
or 7.08% of the Japanese company. This is nothing new. They've been buying out crap tons of, of entertainment industry gaming companies. They own pretty much percentage of most of the gaming industry because of the fact that their royal reserves of dry, uh, are not as worth as much. Uh, the fund first acquired a 5.01% stake in May of last year. Last month, it increased to 6.7%. And Nintendo has previously claimed that when they bought its initial 5.01% stake in the company, it was unaware of the transaction and first learned about the Saudi investment from news reports because it's such a small percentage of the company it didn't register on their radar. Uh, Saudi Arabian Crown Prince, Mohammed bin Salman, and his investment funds have made series of investments in the video game industry as of late. Uh, they've bought stock in Activision Blizzard, EA, Take-Two. They've also owned, come, owned 96% of SNK, who makes Metal Slug and Fatal Fury games. There's also invested stake in both Capcom and Nexon. Uh, the investment totaled, basically, overall, they've spent about $6 billion in the gaming industry. Last September, the Crown Prince announced that the PIF would launch a new savvy gaming group strategy, which he incorporate putting aside 50 billion royals or $13.3 billion to acquire outright a leading game publisher. Uh, the PIF is reportedly central to the Crown Prince goal of making the economy less reliant on proceeds from oil. Not that he has much of a choice. That's a bit of Nintendo news. I'm, Nintendo, for me, seems like a company that should remain independent. If you think about it, they aren't like Sony or Microsoft. They don't need to be mega rich to continue doing what they're doing. They don't really need to sell their stock. They need to be more stringent about who actually buys their stock. Because you're selling right. it to anybody. You're kind of tarnishing your own reputation as a family company when you're selling 5% of your company to a murderous dictatorship. But... Uh, one dictatorship is about to end. YouTube CEO Susan Wosicki stepped down after nearly a decade. Uh, but she has been replaced by somebody who's going to worry a number of people who work at YouTube or work within YouTube's framework. Uh, because the person that has been taken over is the same guy that created uh, YouTube Red, YouTube Premium, streaming subscription services for YouTube. Longtime CEO Susan Wosicki is stepping down. Uh, she's been at YouTube now since 2014. But her history Google dates back well over 20 years. Uh, a note was sent to YouTube employees this morning. Uh, it was posted on a YouTube blog in which she said, after nearly 25 years here, I've decided to step back from my role and start a new chat to focus on my family, health and personal projects I'm passionate about. She said she's been part of Google since basically the very beginning when Larry Page and Sergey Brin started the internet company. Uh, since that time, she's pivoted to several roles uh, she played a, a part in the managing marketing, co-creating Google Image, working on new YouTube and double-click acquisitions, and serving as Senior Vice President of Ads, as well as her most recent role as YouTube CEO. Uh, Neil Mohan will be taking over. He is YouTube's Chief Product Officer. I did reach out to some of the staff at Google, uh, not within YouTube, but different department, to ask them their opinions on this. There has been internal discussions at Google uh, with the worry that Neil Mohan may be moving Google or YouTube into a more subscription-based model uh, because of his uh, interest in YouTube TV, YouTube Music, Premium, YouTube Red, etc. There has been apparently discussions where they look to charge people more money to use YouTube. Now, I don't know how to feel about that because YouTube, yes, has more daily view account or a higher view account than all other Netflix like Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max. There are more people watch YouTube on a daily basis per hour than the rest of the subscription models out there. If, they, if this guy is the sort of person though 
who was looking to monetize YouTube, try and make it more profitable. And the fact that YouTube has three million hours of content is more than enough reason why he would do that, because it's it's an opportunity there for him to make money or a company to make money off the back of that content. Your thoughts, though, as a former YouTuber? I don't know, man. Like, I, I, like the only way I care about any of these people stepping down or picking up the mantle or changing YouTube is if they revert YouTube back to actually being a good place for content creators to upload content. Because it seems like every month, Every couple months, they start to, to implement brand new rules that nobody asked for. That's just hurting creation for content creators as, as a whole. So, I mean, unless, unless this new guy is coming, unless he's going to help change YouTube for the better, I, I couldn't care less. Because, like, that's one of the reasons why, like, I even stopped even, even making YouTube videos. Not only because of the time constraint, but it's like whenever you do sit down to edit videos, whether it's five minute video or 10 minute video, those videos, depending on how much work and how much editing and how much time you put into them, it takes a lot of time. And yeah. that YouTube algorithm is the worst for new content creators. Like it's, it's horrendous. What do you think are the rumors and the internal discussions with Google staff that YouTube may become a subscription based model? The, the idea has been floated around. I don't know. I don't know how, how much I believe that just because YouTube has been free for so long that I feel like if if they tried to make it be a subscription model or whatever, like if they tried to force people into it to like having to pay to use it, I think they would lose a lot of people because like there's a lot of sites waiting. There's a lot of people who are waiting for YouTube to fail. So then that way they can become the new YouTube. YouTube was only so successful because it was the first of its kind. And it, like I said, it. It was free. As soon yeah. as YouTube tries to, you know, tries to use everybody who uses YouTube as like a dollar sign and tries to make, and tries to force people into having to pay to use it, I think that might be the beginning of, of the end for YouTube. I mean, there have been a number of subscription models, though, though a number of companies like Paramount Plus this past week. Uh, they are the latest to uh, to hike their prices, uh, which is only a couple of quid, to be fair. It's only, I think it's about $2 or £2.00. Was a tenner, it's now 12. I don't understand why they've done that, to be honest, because nobody's really... Are you subscribed to Paramount Plus? I get it free with my Sky service, so I don't pay for it. It becomes part of okay. it. But they, have, there are, they are the latest, and Netflix is doing it, Disney Plus is doing it, HBO apparently, I think, is doing it. I've heard they were up, upgrade or up in the prices. Paramount Plus is obviously the latest one. It's only $2. It's not that big a deal, but if YouTube was to do this, I know there's been rumours that they, they basically would charge, like create as more money or youtube's idea was to charge creators money to access features as far as like uh, a video editing etc they would charge you for that or charge people to watch streaming so you'd have to pay to what like a, a dollar or a pound or whatever the, whatever the <laughs> price would be to watch a stream things of that nature would worry me because i think that would pretty much kill off youtube because you've got twitch which is free for streaming so why would you exactly to pay for it and not but only do you have Twitch, you got... the sort of guy that has, has floated that idea around because he's trying to monetize YouTube to make more money. And not only do you have Twitch, like, like like I said, like there's more. Like there's one called Kick. Like there's a thing called Kick, and it's like a streaming place for, for new streamers to go to. Like it's not as big as Twitch, but again, all it would take is for Twitch or YouTube to fail for one of these other sites to, you know, for you know, for like the most, like, let's say YouTube does that and people start to leave, like Dr. Disrespect decides, you know what, let me go to kick. Like that would be a Trojan horse to get one of these other sites, you know, to, to you know, to become just as big as a YouTube. Yeah. Which doesn't make much sense to me why they would really risk their giving their competition a foothold. But Agreed, it's, it's, a big, it's big news that she stepped down though, because she has been the main driving force between a lot of the YouTube's 
policy changes would have, have, have affected the way what content creators can do. Like now they can't swear within the first 15 seconds of a video, mm-hmm. which is basically demonetizing millions of hours of content, which yeah. doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But that is the case. She has now stepped down. What she, whether she, I know she's going to be stepping staying on as an advisor to Neil, who's going to be running the company from now on. But I don't know what she's going to do personally. She's got a, a very successful career within Google. Where she's going to go from here? It's just it's still worrying about the guy's deciding that he's going to his whole his whole philosophy is to make YouTube more money. That is essentially why he's been appointed, and he's he's all. That's sad to hear, man. That's really sad to hear because it's like I don't know, man. I feel like people used to have. I know for a fact I used to have more fun with YouTube back in the day before all this stuff. You know, before all this all these changes because it's like the people you watch or the content creators you watch, you can see their content change. Yeah. And it's, it's, oh. just, it's just not the same content. Yeah, they have, they're, com- they're having to change it. That's the thing. It's not personal choices it's that they're being forced to. Because right. they can't, like there's uh, Philip the Franco's videos have completely changed over the years. And I've watched Phil since his very first video. But he used to say, hello, you beautiful bastards in every single episode within the first five seconds. And now his whole model has now changed so he thought the fact he can't no longer say that and it's kind of changed his whole persona it's changed the way his videos work and it's not as enjoyable because it's had to become more formulaic than it was previously yeah anyway uh last up this week taron egerton's tetris movie has got a first look trailer uh, i don't know how to feel about this i'm i, I personally i know i'm gonna get hate for this but i find think that tetris is the most boring game ever made it is. That's, <laughs> that's a fact. Like, I'm not trying to stack blocks for hours upon hours. Like. Well, I, know, I know that there's going to be people that hate me for that. And I know this Tetris does have its fans, which is why this movie's getting made. Uh, but apparently, Target Aaron is ready to smuggle one of the world's most iconic video games out of the Soviet Union. Uh, Apple TV Plus has released the first trailer for the movie, uh, which is dropping in 15th of March, starring Target Aaron and a Dutch entrepreneur, Hank Rogers. Biographical drama following the true story of how Rogers secured the distribution rights to the 80s games during his travel to the Soviet Union. This involved the KGB, several legal battles, the Cold War and Nintendo's Game Boy. He said, I play for five minutes, Egan said in the trailer, I don't see falling blocks in my dreams. It's poetry, art and math all working in magical synchronicity. It's the perfect game. It's really bloody not. This movie's dropping March 31st on Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus. Uh, for the rest of the world, and you'll be able to stream it. I uh, I like Tagging Everton, but I will say Tetris is boring. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I mean, it's not going to keep me interested. This isn't Mario movie. Yeah. When you mentioned it, I, I was expecting, like, I thought they were trying to make, you know, how Mario movies, like, it's about Mario. Like, it's like, yeah. it's like a cartoon movie. I thought this was going to be a, a movie about blocks falling. This yeah. Was, <laughs> that's what I, mean? what I thought as well when I heard Tetris, Tetris movie. I thought this is going to be like, some Wreck-It Ralph sort of spin-off in Tetris, but no, it's it's a bio, biographical drama about yeah, yeah. creator. This could work. I mean, like this could work because, like, you're seeing more and more of these. Like, you remember Xbox had a whole like episodic like like biography thing that came yeah. out a couple couple months back. Yeah, and like you see this more and more. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm thinking about it differently now. Like, this could work, you know, depending on who they get in it and like how they how they portray the story. Or how they tell this story. I mean, yeah. but 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 then again, it's just like what you said, man. It's just boring Tetris. Like, why can't you do this with like how how you guys made Sonic or how Mario and Sonic, like how like the Nintendo versus Sega Wars went down? What like what is this? 
Yeah, I would have preferred that to be honest, and Nintendo Sega Wars because right. that interests me as a kid. I was always interested in where the Sega went when Nintendo started taking over, and then the PlayStation came out. And that that was interesting to me. I liked seeing the history of that rather than the history of one of the most boring games ever made. That's my personal exactly. opinion. Exactly. Uh, anyway, that's gonna do it. That's been episode ninety four. Thank you very much to Bam Bam for joining me this week. Yeah, man. You know, it's always a good time, man. You know, I always love talking, chopping it up about these games with you guys, man. I know, like I said, it's been a while. I'm happy to be back. I'm glad to be back. I look forward to the the next episode. Hopefully, we got some pretty good games to talk about next week. Cause like, cause just like what you said earlier, man. Octopath is dropping. That Eastern Like a Dragon just dropped. We got a lot of games on the horizon. It's a great time to be a gamer, man. Yes, there's a lot of games. I know we're, we have got a couple of reviews. I've got two dropping next week myself. Callum's got two. Uh, we want more reviewers. We want more podcast hosts. If you'd like to join Games Inquirer, send us a message, gamesinquirer at gmail.com. If you have any questions or anything you'd like to add to the podcast, you can now email us at talkinggamespodcast at outlook.com or contact us via the website. Uh, you'll be able to direct your questions. We can maybe do call-ins. Who knows? We need some questions, though. Send us an email. Drop us a message on social media. That's going to do it. I've been Major. I will see you next week for episode 95. We're getting close to episode 100. Uh, next week will be Friday's episode. We will be back recording on Thursdays from now on. I have taken a few weeks off, right. obviously, for health. But we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Take care, guys. Love you. See you soon. Peace, peace. Bye. <laughs> Chloe, bye. <laughs> <laughs>